Uh, we just want to have a discussion. Um, last week's uh, conversation regarding to you know, how do you feel um, with uh, you know the climate of COVID and whatnot. And so coming in, you know, just one of the things that is in the news and things of that nature. And so, but before I do that, wanted each of you to give uh, just maybe your elevator word who you are, where you're from. Um, David got up from the up there, go see from the king chair. Okay, so okay, David's back. Okay, Cease. all right. So we'll start with you, Kaz, because um, you know, elevated version. Who you are? Where you from? Where you at? Kevin. Oh, you? okay. Kevin sounds okay. like Cammy. You know, I didn't know what you said. Kev, Cam. Uh, Kev, so- Kev, that's you. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Kevin Gray. I'm originally from the Hampton, Virginia area. Um, lived in Charlotte since 2003. Actually ran a full-service insurance company. Uh, that's what I do full-time. Also part-time, a health and wellness company, as well as a drop shipping company. Uh, excited to be uh, on this platform again with my brothers here. Um, you can actually find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash KDG23, or Instagram at... Kevin Dream Gray. And Gray is spelled G-R-A-Y. Do not spell it with an E. It's not Gray. It's Gray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Get that A and that E-Y right, y'all. Fred, yeah. tell them who you are, man. You talking to me? Fred. See, Kevin right. and Kev sound like he's... It's the microphone, Elon. It's the microphone. Is it? Is it? Oh, my God. Uh-uh. Okay, so Fred Shropshire. Fred Shropshire here. Evening news anchor at WCNC. Charlotte. Been in Charlotte for five years. I've worked in Chicago. I've worked in Winston-Salem, Greensboro. I've worked in Raleigh-Durham. I started my career in my hometown of Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, And I've been working in news now for 20 years. You can find me at Fred Shropshire WCNC on Facebook, Real Fred Shropshire on Instagram, and at Fred WCNC on Twitter. That's what's up. Appreciate you, Fred. Uh, David, back in the king chair over there, sir. Who are you? My name is David. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania up in Tannersville, which is about two and a half hours north of Philly. Um, been living in Charlotte for about seven years. I do digital marketing. and I'm also a men's fashion influencer. You can find me at The Refined Gentleman on Facebook and on Instagram. Absolutely appreciate you. Cecil, where you at, man? What's up? I'm... Uh... Cecil Burroughs. I'm in Charlotte um, by way of D.C., by way of um, uh, New Jersey, by way of New York, by way of Monrovia, Liberia. Um, so I'm a senior, senior vice president in the financial industry. Um, been in the Charlotte market for about, ooh, got here in 2007. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Elam, I don't do dates, right? I uh, got here in 2007. I'm not going to give you the number. So uh, I got here in 2007, um, and um, you can find me. I, I also uh, run a uh, men's styling site uh, called the Benedict Society. We do things for, for gentlemen in the area, supporting them on making impactful statements um, relative to their attire and decisions and, and process, et cetera. Uh, I can be found on um, Instagram on Cecil.Burrows, B-U-R-R-O-W-E-S-1, or at the Benedict Society. I'm also on Facebook. 
Right, right, right. Okay. And Cammy, wrapping it up. Who are you, man? Be unlocked, sir. Well, you, you just introduced me. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Cammy Smith with Be Unlocked, and I'm an aspiring member of the Benedict Society. I'm still waiting for my invitation. Uh, I have 20 years in the financial services Cammy, don't business. Worry. <laughs> Where's my invite? Uh, I am uh, 20 years in the financial services business and have uh, branched out, and now I coach, consult, and advise uh, individuals and teams. You can find me on Instagram at Be Unlocked and on uh, Facebook as well. And uh, honored to be a part of the group. Absolutely, and that was Bobby Brown, y'all. Okay, that was Bobby. All right. Before that, that was Mike, and then we had uh, uh, Fred, Fred Ralph. Okay, uh, David Johnny G. <laughs> and we got Kevin, Kevin Gray bringing up uh, Bell. All right, that's who. But um, and you guys might hear you know jokes that we might pass back and forth. But I want to uh, start this conversation by just saying that um, I'm excited to uh, just share this moment with these individuals. Uh, I've had a chance of just working with them in different capacities over the past couple of years. Uh, amazing individuals, go-to people and things of that nature. And you're going to hear more about, uh, if you have not had a chance to uh, review our last, uh, excuse me, part one, uh, how you feeling, bro? Uh, with just kind of talking about COVID and leading our families and leading ourselves and kind of pushing forward inside of this pandemic that's just absolutely crazy. Something that we've never really dealt before. But this evening I want to kind of delve into a topic that um that we have dealt with before, but it's just kind of playing out a little bit differently um uh, in, in in the news and just uh overall education and things of that nature. So uh we want to have a healthy conversation this evening because as things um and we we want to just kind of shift more towards in, inside of the Black Lives Matter movement and um, just uh, the, the, the myriad of things that are going on right now, uh, just you, you pull up the news, you pull up social media and just uh, the disheartening pieces. And um, so want to get a temperature check uh, for you gentlemen of how you're walking inside of that space right now and, uh, you know, just how you're leading your families and leading yourself. So um, I, I'm going to start off uh, just by sharing that this is a healthy conversation and um, this is more um, geared towards the, the levels of, because you've already heard some of the backgrounds of the individuals that are before us today, um, there's just you know, certain uh, intellectual pieces that we wanna pass forward, and there's certain places that to bring your blood pressure down, and there's, there's just certain portions of the conversation that we just need to have. And so I am um, grateful that God is uh, you know, more pushed certain things out there right now for us to deal with. And that's probably the best uh, healthy way I can say that off the top. Um, but I want to say, gentlemen, that I am the type of person that I want you guys to share with me, whether you're the same or not. And Fred, you know, we know you in the news, but I'm going to throw it one way real quick to whereas I really don't pay attention to the news, Fred, um, because it's, um, it's something that, uh, you know, at times can be a little bit too much. And so, um, you know, if I'm, I'm out here and shaking the movement and looking at some of the things that are going on, uh, talk to me about how I should really be thinking or, or how you have led forward as you've looked inside of what's been going on, whether it's Breonna Taylor, all right, whether it's Aubrey, uh, whether it's, you know, Mike Brown, whether it's, you know, the list just goes on and on 
uh, Rashad, you know, it, it just, oh my gosh, you know, George Floyd, the, the list just goes on and on. And so, um, you know, how, how have you been able to balance just even in your profession, right, along with the way that you feel as things are transpiring right now? I feel like the conversations that we've been able to have at work, first of all, have been more open. I feel like this is a, it's a golden opportunity to have conversations about things that we have always dealt with in every workplace, really. But specifically when it comes to news, there are stories that don't uh, get the same coverage or don't have as much weight to decision makers who may not have the same sensitivities. They may not be people of color. So when certain stories are pitched, they just kind of fall on deaf ears. And I feel like I'm in a corporate environment where at least people are open-minded. So, and that's, and that's been something that uh, my company has promoted. I feel like uh, a lot of corporate environments are in the stage right now. It's a nice, it's kind of a, even though this, even though it took us all this uh, tragedy to get here and all the hardships to get here, we are essentially in a honeymoon stage because we have open ears or we are, people are receptive to hear. And so for me personally, it's to talk about, um, you know, it's to talk about how those things affect me personally. Like, you know, I shared a clip uh, with uh, on, on my, on my Facebook page with me, you know, talking, giving a portion of the talk to my six year old son. And that was so eye opening to coworkers uh, who don't, you know, some who know me well and some who, and you know, some, I have some new managers who are getting to know everyone else, but that was eye opening to them as well. But then it's interesting because I remember, you know, one of my coworkers coming up to me saying later, yeah, I remember you telling me about what you do when you get pulled over, you know, cause I have this whole thing that I do when I get pulled, o- pulled over, I keep a driver's license and registration in a, in a plastic bag console. So like when I get pulled over, which I have, I'll put this thing on the dashboard and you know, 10 and two, all windows down. So that when a cop comes to the car, you know, I can just say he wants my driver's license of registration. I can say it's in that bag right there. Do you mind if I grab it and hand it to you? And I was explaining this a couple of years ago to my coworkers and they thought I was, they were like, man, that's so extra. You ain't got to do all that. You know, come on. Like, really? And, and so, you know like, what? To be honest with you, I wasn't doing that a couple of, I, I, I was doing some of that a couple of years ago, but yeah. Even with you explaining that to your child right now, like how do you feel doing that? Yeah, it feels it's 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 awful because you know um, children are so innocent, and I see the innocence in his eyes, you know. And 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 here's what it sounds like to my six year old son. Okay, he's he'll go into the first grade this year, and so I started with him actually uh, before he started school, telling him how important it was for him to follow directions. That's something that we teach our kids. I think everybody teaches their kids how important it is to follow directions, right? But I add this caveat to it. I say, listen, it's important for you to follow directions because your life can depend on it. And that's it. And I say, okay. it's, important, it's important for you to listen to teachers okay. and police okay. because your life can depend on it. Follow directions. And that's the message he gets right now. And mm-hmm. as he gets a little bit older, I'll add more to that. But it's just the following directions when you get them from teachers and from police. Your life can depend on it. Okay. And, you know, when I think about just uh, people in the earlier stages of, uh, you know, just the fatherhood and uh, Kevin, you just been out here. Hey, shout out to, you know, your, your son first day of school yesterday, sir. <laughs> 
Hey, you gotta take it off mute, sir, Absolutely, so we can hear you. Man. Okay, there, there you go. Uh, so, um, hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. So, um, you know, even uh, just kind of piggybacking on, on what Fred said, as you're, you know, you're leading forward with with communicating um, with your son. If I had to hit the pause button for a second, right, and I wanted to look at the when you saw some of the videos that were going on you know, as a business owner, as a, um, you know, just as, as, as a man, how did you feel as a black man just kind of looking at these videos? Wow, well, you know, you did say videos, um, so that means multiple. You know, when it comes to Ahmaud Arbery, that video, when it comes to George Floyd, um, you know, I was just, uh, man, you know, I was uh, just just saddened by it all. Um, that was the first thing that came to mind, just uh, extreme sadness, frustration, just because, you know, the things that have been going on right now have been going on for years. It's just we can record them now. And the other thing is that America had time. You know, we were uh, in this pandemic. Um, you know, we were in this slowdown as a, a country as well as the world where people could actually pay attention to you know, what was going on. Um, I'll never forget, guys, true story. You know, my son said twice, and, and you know, those of you who uh, have young kids or have had young kids know that they'll just keep repeating something, and it's what they shouldn't say. But he kept saying, Daddy, Daddy, a black man got killed. Daddy, a black man got killed. Uh, and that's because CNN was on. You know, right. um, you know, we were playing CNN heavy because of, you know, just the events that were happening and we wanted to stay tuned in. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he was listening. So that was something mm -hmm. that, um, you know, had to be managed as well. Not only what I thought and my emotions about it, um, but his as well. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, is there anything similar to what uh, Fred was talking about earlier that you do differently or that you're teaching your, your, you know, your son differently? What, um, how do you feel in that area? Absolutely. Um, I'm not as advanced as Fred when it comes to the plastic bag, uh, but I do have both hands on top of the steering wheel when an officer approaches the vehicle. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I do. And, you know, for all the, the out there that are watching, watching this and you have the attitude that no I did nothing wrong you're just stopping me because I'm black you know I just got one question for you do you want to be right or do you want to be alive um mm. just point blank period you know I, I just I do not mess with police officers in that arena at all um because you know they they hold the gun they hold the law and um, right. you know right. it's do you want to be right or do you want to be alive so I ask for uh the ability to reach over to my glove compartment and get my um, registration. I do ask for that, you know, the ability to do that. And I do that slow because we have seen videos in which an officer has said, Hey, I need your license or registration. And someone reached and they reach fast. You know, okay. You know, who right. knows? They might've had two cups of coffee that morning. And right. before you know it, um, it's not a good story. Right, right, right. Uh, Cammy, just real quickly, because your son is how old? 
Joshi is six and a half, and do not forget the half. Okay. <laughs> That's disrespectful, right? <laughs> he, will t- he will tell you if you forget it. Right. And how's your daughter? Uh, she's nine. She's nine. Okay. So, you know, when you were taking a look at, uh, at, at some of the videos that were going on, you know, are you a news person? Do you watch the news every day? or I stay plugged in. I don't watch the news on television, but I do it through social media. Okay. Um, what What would you say, if you had to give an honest moment, but what did it do to your spirit as you were viewing some of this information uh, online? Um, what did it do to my spirit? Okay, I wasn't expecting that question. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm <clears> You kind of threw me for a curve there. Um, and really, just, I'm really just saying your emotions, you, you know, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, energy, yeah. it's the spirit, you know what I'm saying? So you ain't got to go too deep. I, I'm not saying pull out the Bible or nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> Hold on, let me, let me put the Bible back. Hold on a second. Right. Um, so, no, I, you know, Elam, you know, I've done, I've done 17, I've done 17 uh, Facebook live conversations on this issue. And so... I know that we gave our, our profiles earlier during our intros, but I will uh, plug those conversations. So if you go to Facebook, you can uh, search in the search box, hashtag conversations with Cami. Um, conversations with, con- hashtag conversations with Cami. There's 17 uh, uh, one hour Facebook live conversations that I did on the subject of racial tension in America. And so if that speaks to the question, it was uh, it was one of those moments that I felt uh, incredibly convicted to address to address the issue. And I had some incredible guests that gave me different perspectives. But, you know, personally, um, as a as a Morehouse man, you know, I felt like it's just it, you know, it was it was a part of, you know, my my duty and obligation to address the issue. You know, so when you say the spirit of it, I think that, you know, that'd be my non-biblical answer. Right. Um I've, you know, I, I, I've always felt like, a, you know, I was a combination of Billy Graham and Dr. King, right? You know, those are the, those are the, those, that's the energy I feel that, um, you know, kind of flows through my veins. And so anyway, with the, when, when I saw the videos of Ahmaud Arbery, that one was incredibly painful because you watched it a lot. You know, you watched it as it was happening. You know, you saw him fall. He was standing up. He was fighting. And then you saw him on the ground. And so you watched that entire process. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I felt like I could be in that position easily. So it drew me in as a person that could, you know, potentially be in that, that predicament. And then, you know, while you're grieving over that one, I think in between, uh, was, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the chronological order between that one and then Brianna Taylor, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then of course, you know, whether it was the timeline of the event versus the timeline of us finding out about it. Um, I think it was, you know, Brianna Taylor. And then, you know, then you had the brief video with the, uh, the Cooper and the Cooper in New York City. And then right. I think George Floyd right after that. And so by the right. time you're grieving over one, a second, a third, and then a fourth one happens. And it's, you try, you know, you, you try to be open emotionally to grieve each one individually. But it's just challenging, man, because now, even now, I don't remember the last time I heard anybody talk about George Floyd's death. You know, the, the, the riots and the protest or the protests and the riots however you want to, you know, look at it, all of that started after George Floyd's death. And I can't remember the last time I heard someone talk about George Floyd's death, right? which, which is because, which is because, and you guys can chime in or, you know, whatever, but which I think is because Elam, about a dozen more black men have been killed that are unarmed right. since then. 
Like right. it's not like it it's not still happening. And so right. between that, the fact that Brianna Taylor's murder still haven't been, you know, brought to justice and there's so many other things happening, you know, you just you know, I don't know if it speaks to the question about what I felt during the videos, but it's what I feel today. Right. You know, I, I, I feel that um, that the attention to these things hasn't been um, hasn't been sustained. Right. It hasn't been sustained. And so because of that, man, you know, who's to say that 15, 20 years from now, we're not having the same conversations, you know, that our kids aren't on a Zoom call having the same conversations about this stuff. You know, you know last thing change. I don't know. I don't know that I see it. No, and, and, and here's the thing, guys. Jump in anywhere where you want to. I know I'm just directing certain questions towards certain people. But if anybody has any questions to throw in, you know, please feel free to do that. But um, as, as I move forward, you know, I want to ask, you know, Cecil, as you're, you know, as you're moving throughout, um, you know, what you do on a daily basis and inside, you know, you're in a, you're in a sector that's financial, right? And so, um, you know, you know what? Let's scrap that for a second. Dude, when you looked at the videos, how you feel? So, just another video? Mm. Accurate? I mean, there have been videos for years. Why is that one any different? Um, the, when you saw the George Floyd video, the, the same thing I felt with all the other videos, which is the, the absolute lack of power that we have to address somebody being murdered in front of us. Um, and the fact that you had people standing on the side feeling, we, we as human beings have a sense about us of where we want to be heroes in those situations. You literally see somebody potentially dying in front of you and you can do nothing about it at all. I don't care whether you're white, black, Asian, uh, Hispanic, what, what have you, you can do nothing about it. And literally the crime, not justifying the means, you have to stand on the sidelines and appreciate the fact that you're being put in your place because you can do nothing about it. I don't care what race or nationality you are, you're not gonna be able to change the fact that I'm gonna murder this man in front of you. And by the way, what that video told me, which, which is what all the other videos tell me, is the system worked exactly as intended. Oh, all got to be careful with where we are. That's dangerous to say that right there, sir. It's true, right? right. I mean, it's not like we, we, we haven't been privy to um, this type of violence within the communities in which we live. Um, and unfortunately, because we've become so callous and the fact that the system works as intended, immediately after that occurs, you start getting the messages to either tell you the reason why he deserved it, why you need to be okay with it, and why you need to move past it. So that goes to Cammy's point around the right. fact and it, and it and it's so effective that it calcifies me is right. what I tend to realize with the videos because you assume that this, this, um, protest process is going to be about three or four days and then we get back to normal right for the three or four days over you're like well damn the protest still happening why the hell is it still happening right get back to normal because right. this is working as intended and the problem right. is for, for those of us that get to experience this type of stuff is when you realize ultimately the next question that comes up is so what are you going to do to fix it Hold on, hold, hold, hold on. 
what you need to recognize is I'm not in a majority in the rooms that are going to be able to change the systematic situation, especially when we so easily believe there is not a systematic situation to change. Here's what's scary for me. Okay. Um, because we, we've been, we've, we, this system is built to do this in the United States. It's built to do this. Outside of the United States, it's built to do this. I've seen it elsewhere internationally. It's built to do this. It's just a nature. It's a cost of living. It's a cost of breathing air in the United States. You have to be okay with what we experience, which is literally mm. a murder in front of you for somebody who okay. has a dollar bill while the person was allowed to murder nine people in a church. The number, forgive me, whatever, the, if I'm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was about nine, yeah. And gets a burger on the way to jail. Right. And it's done in front of you to let you know who you are. It's the same thing that happens when the, the monuments got created. Every time you made advancements in civil war, another monument got created. This stuff hasn't been around forever. The system right. is working as intended. My fear factor goes into how long before you think it hits you? Here's what I mean by that. How long will you let a system go unchecked, unvetted, and by the way, this is not something to where everybody in that particular system that has to oppress you feels that this is the right thing to do. This is why I, I lend respect to my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, in the military, et cetera, whether you're white, black, Asian, Indian, whatever, that also feel that there's a need for change, but their voices can't be heard because I've spoken to those individuals. I try to get out and empathize with where they come from. And they do express you their safety concerns and where they are as well that we don't recognize because we love right. people in. That's our number one problem. But Let me say and, and somebody actually told me, which once you start recognizing that you've let this go unchecked for so long, what happens when they're doing other things to other nationalities? Because quite frankly, we start thinking about the only time it's going to change, and this is not the right way to think about it as a human being, is the only way it's going to change is when it starts hitting the people that have no empathy for what I'm going through. You know what? Let me let me just say this really quickly, Cecil, because you was going you just said the word empathy, right? And I and I, I want to um, bring David in on this moment because you know just uh, hey, we've been you know rocking and rolling, doing some a couple of things over the past couple of years, and um, you know uh, it's it's it also as a Caucasian male, um, you know, hey, listen, this is white chocolate, uh, Johnny Gill on the line right now, y'all, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, hey. Understanding uh, your inner circle and how you interact with and how you, you're more universal versus some people are more pigeonholed into, you know, doing certain things or whatever. Listen, I, I, as a white dude and, and looking at the news and seeing all the stuff that's going on and, you know, you, you, you might not have that same mentality. Excuse me. You don't have that same mentality. You know, just how do you feel looking at this and, 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 and you know, yeah, how are you feeling? I mean, you know, it is the empathy part of it, right? Like, you know, did he just freeze? Yeah, I mean, he got good stuff. He was, hey, listen, the devil is busy because David froze right when he was about to go. <laughs> All right, go ahead, David. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, you know, I've always, I've always had a lot of, you know, African American friends. It's been my whole entire life, and. To see all of my friends hurting the way this is, like, it sucks, right? Like, you know, I try to be the bridge in between, you know, going to, you know, 
my friends here in Charlotte that I've made such good connections with them, always been supportive, um, that, you know, support about black, black, you know, businesses and all these things like I've always just tried to support. And I think that's all I can do. Right. Because I'm never going to be exposed to something like that. I can only be exposed this way through conversations. And I think it's a respect thing and just listening um, and just hearing how it affects everybody individually. I think, you know, sitting with these guys here or, you know, when it was going through and I was reaching out to my best friend, Brandon, or, you know, other friends of mine, just seeing how they were doing. I mean, there's just so much hurt out there. And I think there's just so much anger. And it's just like, for me, individual, I'm like, I mean, I can be there to support. That's all I can do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to ever take away from that of what the injustice is, because there's definitely injustice in this world. And it breaks my heart to hear, you know, Fred talking to his son about that. You know, it's 2020. You know what I mean? And you got to talk about life or death. And like, I couldn't imagine having that conversation with my kid. Like, I don't even know how to process that. Right. Right. And you know, what? I'm, I, I, I thank you for saying that last statement that, you know, that, you know, the, the, um, the processing of it, because it, there is a difference in, inside of that. And I think that um, if I wanted to just throw to you with regard to, you know, have you been placed in compromising situations to whereas, you know, you might have your friends over here saying one thing, and then you have your empathy and understanding or, or, or feeling towards, you know, the way your friends feel. Have you been put in that situation? Oh, 100%. That's why I walked away from social media. Oh, okay. just, I couldn't even like digest the things that I was seeing just from everybody that I just literally just walked away. And my one of my good friends that I actually met through Instagram, he does a lot up in New York City. He does a lot of ministry stuff like that with the homeless and stuff like that. And he's like, we had this conversation and I was just, it just, it just makes me sad. And like, I don't even understand, like there's no unity, like there's no bridge between the two. It's either you feel one way or you feel the other. And then you had like the race baiting in between. And I just was like, I, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to lower my values and feed into this because these little ones are what's looking up to what these people are reacting. Social media, the conversations that, you know, everybody's having here with their kids like that doesn't that impression lasts forever you know so 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 I'm, I'm i'm grateful that we have allies like david because we know david we've been around david david has a great heart and he's been there to support us through the process but i also got a chance to see folks with a lot of the race baiting the race baiting process after because it's so raw to us right when these things happen that you're finally getting hurt on some stuff and you want to throw everything through the door. And we got to be careful about that too, right? You're, we're not going to get anywhere without allies through this process. But like I said before, we, we are not in the rooms to make the decision to make the changes. We need allies on our side to help, help us make these differences from that standpoint. And one of the things that, the, the things that David said resonated with me, one of the things that's, that has shocked, I think, all of us on this podcast is the fact that we had failed our kids. We have, allowed, we have allowed this to get to this point in 2020 to where we're still having to deal with this bullshit at this right. point in our lives at 2020 that we're still allowing folks to be murdered in front of us without any repercussions any pieces along those lines and unfortunately it's because of the the, the malaise and the callousness of where we've experienced the things that go how long before it transitions from that to other areas where we're allowing things like rapes of our daughters, all the things that folks worry about that have allowed 
certain nationalities be picked upon, you are allowing a force to do that. How long before they turn against that force and realize the freedom they have to do it and continue to do it to where you finally get impacted? Let me throw something out there that I learned just a little, oh wait, no, sorry. Go ahead, Cesar, what were you saying? No, 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 I'm just saying at this point, people keep asking us what, how we feel. Bro, we're tired. We're tired of having to tell you what's going on when it's in front of you and you just willfully ignore it. That's it's, some art. it's been in the art for, for, for years. It's been in poetry, it's been in literature, it's been in movies, it's been Correct. in music. Correct. It's there. Correct. So this, it, is un, it is one of the things that's unnerving when people say, oh my goodness, like I had no idea. Or, yes. Because, because it is, because it's, it's, it's here, you know, and it's just, you know. And it's been. And, uh, and you know what, when you just said have no idea, let me tell you, I just want to be honest, something I learned more of, and you guys can, you know, judge me or whatever, or say you already did or didn't know, redlining. Mm-hmm. I was not that familiar with redlining. Oh, yeah. Anybody want to speak towards that? that, that I mean, because I've gained some education out of this moment of things that they didn't teach us when we were all growing up. I mean, I could. Anybody? <laughs> I can go to the next question, but I mean, hell, I was mad when I, listen, I, listen, and here's the thing. I, listen, I was mad when I heard about that because I was just like redlining. Oh, really? So y'all just sectioned off areas like, and I heard of it, but to really know that somebody sat there and drew some mess that put me in a lower education bracket, lower financial bracket, you know, and it, 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 that pissed me off. So, so it, it, is, it is a practice element from a overall United States perspective around, um, and this is where it gets catchy, right? Because if I tell you, um, like some folks like, um, like an Alan West, who, who is a, a predominant conservative, who, who has made a lot of cases as to why we need to be better, and, and, it, and it's more so leaning in a particular area, right? In, in a more streamlined, hardline conservative view. Um, made, a, made a comment a while ago, which I got offended by when I heard it, which was, we were better served when we were segregated. Um, I have heard that so much. I have really heard that a lot lately. But, but here, here's the thing that, 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 that hurts to hear sometimes in some elements of the hidden truth in some of the pieces that are referenced, is when you, when you actually look back to when, um, when you, so to get to your redlining question, it was an effective process because we, we, we are gerrymandering gerrymandering every day, and we think we don't bat a second eye towards it. And that all right. is redlining for votes. Okay? Right. So, so redlining from a United States-based perspective was done effectively to ensure that, um, because ultimately back in the day when we were seg- segregated um, as African-Americans in particular places, we were doing actually pretty well. It's where you get into the Tulsa um, uh, situation where we have Black Wall Street. Right. Right. And it was because we were able to maintain a certain segment of our own ecosystem, right? Um, and unfortunately, based off of the, the premise of taking our jobs type approach, right. a lot of different mentalities to get in, um, indoctrinated in that is where the suburbs got created, right? And you start right. moving certain things out of the cities of where we were all segmented and segregated in our particular places. Um, and the job market dried up because the jobs went to where you wanted to have right. uh, predominance, prominence, um, segregation. Um, right. moved out of our territory. Well, what you don't want to have happen, because then now the ghettos get created, right, ultimately. What we don't have is we don't have folks to clean up in particular places like we had before. Um, you don't have the funding for it to support that. So ultimately, your city starts dying. Yeah. And it's now seen as though 
overnight we turned from sharecroppers, cotton pickers, maintaining our own ecosphere. And when you build up a, a, um, a Wall Street type feel, um, overnight when you remove all the, 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 the tent poles that hold that stuff up, it starts turning into what some would call a shithole area, right? But it was done on purpose. Yes. And now it's like, oh, that's where the laziness comes in play, is the fact that y'all are lazy. You can't control your own pieces. We don't want that in this new area where we've moved out to the suburbs. So yeah. now there's a certain rule. And by the way, when I moved here- Hey, listen, that's what, and listen, that was the other thing I heard, white flight. Never heard that term. Now, I grew up in Jersey, right? So some of the things that people experience in the South, I, I never heard of white flight, which is basically we're moving into the subdivisions and white folks were like, nah, we don't want them here. And they left those subdivisions. I, but but here's that's the, thing. the thing that happened. That's, and, that's, and that's why like even today, like actually yesterday and maybe last week, when the president of the United States, the guy who's in the White House right now, Puts, it, puts on Twitter that suburban yes. women <laughs> don't be afraid of low-income people moving into your suburbs. Joe Biden, yes, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, if Joe Biden gets elected, then you have to worry about this element and that element moving in. Don't worry about that because I'm basically not gonna let that happen. Which you, that, those kind of, it's not even thinly veiled in the highest office of the land. So, you know, you talk about like all of these things that have happened over, over history, you know, like the Fair Housing Act, right. you know, we're we battling that, trying to make those things work. These issues, like Cecil said, they're still, they're still there. But just to add to what, just to add to that statement, I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but what we've seen in the past few months uh, with, you know, for example, John Lewis, the death of John Lewis and, and the death of other peoples, it's really what needs to happen is a passing of a torch onto the next generation of, of leadership. Right. It's going to take, it's going to take this to a different level. And what I mean by different level is this, and I might get eggs and tomatoes and apples thrown at me for saying this, but okay, it's all right. we have to think of a, we need to think of a different way and we need to be having a different conversation okay. had in years past. Those things that worked that got us where we are today, which obviously, which obviously ain't good enough, right? But they did, they, they incrementally, those things that got us where we are today don't work in today's world. And, and at some point, at some point we have to change the conversations, have different conversations. I'm so glad you said that, Fred, because that's really... Well, you know what? Uh, Stay tuned for part three of How You Feeling.